and welcome to episode 178 of the Startcast, Press Start Australia's weekly video game discussion podcast. I'm your host, Ewan, and I'm joined today by my fellow gamers, James. Hello. Fresh from the ballet, Brody. Yep, thank you. And making his long-awaited <laughs> return, Stephen. Hello, hello. It's so nice to be able to talk again. Oh my god, I'm so glad I'm over this cold. I can actually, Everybody's like... Everybody's here. Oh, and everyone's here. Yeah, it's just good times all around. How was the, the ballet, Brody? It wasn't bad. I uh, It was Alice in Wonderland. Okay, um, all right. So I could follow the story because I have a basic understanding of that. Um, I was very tired. So, look, I, I slept through most of the second act. Mm-hmm. Like, I literally fell asleep. I couldn't, <laughs> right. I, I couldn't, I couldn't keep my eyes open. Wow. Like, I, I, I closed them when the Mad Hatter came out, and then I opened them, and, like, the axe came down saying end of act two. And I was like, okay, one to go. <laughs> um, but, no, it was good. It was a good night out. Yeah, okay. You had a nice sleep at the at the at the very least. How <laughs> yeah, long is it? How sleep. long does it go for? I've got no uh, like idea of what the ballet is. Really, yeah, like. I reckon it was probably about three hours. Wow, just like yeah. dancing for three hours. Yeah, so. and it was like three acts. Yeah, it was intermissions it was between them as well. Yeah, yeah. At least Intense. they had. At least this has an intermission, unlike Endgame. That must suck for people who are dragged along and they don't care about it. It'd oh, be their, that, their ballet. Endgame, yeah, true. Yeah, I was gonna say Endgame didn't feel like three hours for me, but this this felt like the ballet felt like about five or six. It was rough. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we just made a comparison between the ballet and Endgame. <laughs> this um, is the content people come to the Startcast yeah. for. Hundred <laughs> uh, percent. Well, we've got a lot of news to cover this week, guys. A lot to delve into because it is, of course, um, essentially E three at this point. Um, um, as of recording, we're kind of like a day out, like less than 24 hours away from things really kicking off. But EA Play has happened, and the, pretty much like the whole week leading up into E3 is littered with announcements now anyway. Um, so, Stephen, let's uh, kick things off with you. You've maybe got a few things you want to talk about today. Um, where do you want to start? Well, uh, I don't know. When I was, because I've been away for a little while, as people may have noticed. Um, mm-hmm. What have assuming- you been up to in that time? Well, uh, I've been doing a little bit of jet setting, which has been fun. Uh, playing, playing so some natural, games. This conversation. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is. We're we're just very natural and conversational. Some, um, yeah. So I went uh, over to LA and was able to play one game that I can talk about and one that probably can't talk about before this episode comes out. Um, yeah, got to have a try of Doom Eternal, and yeah, I really, really, really liked Doom Eternal. It's extremely Sick. good. That's one of uh, my most anticipated games of the year. I think Brody's probably in agreement with me there. Yeah. Brody. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Oh, yeah. Um, no, it's like really good. Like, you know, with, you know, Doom, the, uh, the one from 2016, it sort of had that really good sort of gameplay loop of how you were just constantly every moment sort of re-evaluating what you're needing to do. If you need arm or need like health, you're using chainsaw. If you're needing, yeah, like, oh, no, it the, was glory the kills. glory kills. But, yeah. And like this, it, it sort of takes that whole idea, but adds more tools into it to make it kind of more... I don't know, more interesting to give you, like, even more options to think about at every, like, millisecond mm. of the game. There's, like, one weapon has, I think it's been in a trailer earlier, but it's got, um like, a grappling hook that comes out of the weapon and, like, it's a shotgun. So, you grapple to an enemy, you're in their face immediately, and then you can just, like, blast them in the face. It is... It's wildly good and a really cool way to get around. And there's like a flamethrower, so you can use that because you couldn't get armor back in the Doom 2016 from memory, or at least not from like doing stuff to enemies. But if you set them on fire and you hurt them, they'll drop armor. If you kill them while they're on fire, you get heaps of armor. It's right. yeah, just lots of really cool new elements to it that just 
yeah, it, it's, I can't wait. Like I finished the demo and I just started playing the demo again and then they told me I had to leave. So I really want to play more when it comes out. <laughs> I don't care where you go, sir, but you can't stay here. Literally. <laughs> Did you get to see the, um, like the Dark Soulsy invasion thing in action? No, no, it was all entirely separate and I imagine offline. So yeah, I didn't see any of that stuff, but that's, yeah. I'm very keen to see how that works out. How was, like, the setting and the environment? Because this is the one where it's, like, hell on Earth, right? Like, they're sort of mixing the two up. Oh, um, I don't know. Because I... It wasn't super obvious where it was set. Like, there were some initial sections, I think, that were in a, like, a military slash science base. And there were some parts in, like... Like a look, what looked like a destroyed planet where you're sort of like jumping around all these like floating islands, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. That was my least favorite part of the demo because like it was a little bit in Doom 2016 as well. But like between fights where there'll be these bits where you're kind of just trying to work out where to go and you can, can't really, I don't know, get better at that. You just kind of have to look around and hope you find the thing you can grab onto. You can mm. also climb now, which is... Uh, I have mixed feelings about it. It's, it's cool that you can. It's like a new way of like getting around vertically, but I found it really like picky about where it lets you climb and you ha- had far away from the wall you have to be, and that was really kind of frustrating. But yeah, okay. you know, it was a very minor minor issue on on the demo, and it's still early, so they didn't say when it's coming out. But you know, when it does, they've got a lot of time to to fix those little uh, little bits, I guess. Mm. What about? Do we not have anim- a release date for Doom Eternal yet? I thought it was no, coming we out. No, we don't. <clears throat> All right. What about Get the monsters? Tell me oh, about. Oh yeah, because there's like um, double in this apparently. So surely yeah, you saw some new ones. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think of what was in the old versus the new. But I know one thing that was definitely like was totally new was that you can now like destroy the demons a little bit. Like you can blow their weapons off, or like there was the weapon on top of the. It's like a little a brain spider thing whose name I Rack can't remember. That'd be the one. And like you can <laughs> blow its cannon off its head. So it basically becomes unable to hurt you from a distance. It's like, you know, it gives you more tactical options. So you can just, instead of needing to kill it, you can just kind of disarm it so you can deal with everything else and come back to it later. Um, I don't remember any other new enemies though. I feel like there might've been, but I was just, you was know, Was it like a dude who killing. like, I don't know it was a dude, but he like revives people. <laughs> Did you have one oh, of them yet? I, Arch, I, I feel like Archfile. I remember there being like a uh, kind of like a wizardy thing for want of a better word. But uh, hmm. yeah, <laughs> it's been a while and I didn't I didn't write down any details about the wizard in my notes. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's did, you get, did you get hands on the laser sword? No, no, oh, um, no laser sword. We got, what did yeah, you do? Like, got the, got, <laughs> yeah. We got to what play a, around with probably, the flamethrower. You probably thrower. just played Doom 2016 and they didn't... <laughs> Well, Doom 2016 with, to tell them. Such a with fake grenades and a flamethrower. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it was really, really good. I'm just super, super keen to give it a try when it comes out, whenever that is. Stephen, what else did you want to talk about this week? Well, I, I know you talked about it a bit on last episode. I'm not quite sure to what detail, but I'm very excited that a new From Software game has been leaked. Hey, it's me, Stephen, the From Software guy. I'm excited <laughs> about this. But, like, I don't know. It's an interesting collaboration between From Software and George R.R. R. Martin. Like, I, I'm very curious to see where that can lead because... I don't know, George R.R. Martin's been very good at, like, world building and having all these sort of complex things all going on at once, whereas the, like, Miyazaki's style of world building sort of has that, like, there are a lot of things happening at once, but it doesn't really tell you about them unless you really want to try and make those connections. And it'll be, 
interesting to see how those two storytelling styles like intersect. I'm uh-huh. very interested to see how that goes. Yeah, we uh, we sort of spoke about it um, briefly like a couple of episodes ago about what this might sort of entail because the, the leaks were starting to appear there. Um, and this kind of confirmation, I suppose, kind of came in the way of a pretty major leak that also referred to a new Tales game. Um, and what was the other one included? There were like three Nino Kuni. Nino Kuni. Oh, yes. Right. Oh, that's the, cool. The remaster of that. Um, and it's called, yeah, not... It, it was At the time, it was rumored sort of be... GR, um, like a codename GR, which is sort of a great rune, um, but now it's now it seems to be called Elden Ring. Um, we were sort of like tossing back and forth of, is it, to whether or not this might exist within the Game of Thrones universe in, in some sort of way. What's your theory with that regard, Stephen? I mean, I would not, I wouldn't really expect it to, because I don't know, I f- I'm trying to think of Game of Thrones-y stuff, and I, I'm struggling to think of like big bossy sort of characters that could sort of fit in with the uh, Dark Souls-y sort of combat style. But then again, we don't even know that it is even going to be a Souls-y style game. It could be something entirely different, like From uh-huh. Software aren't just the Souls people, so it could be whatever. It would be the fact that it's now making reference to a ring makes me think maybe it could exist in the Dark Souls universe because that whole thing's like about the dark sign, which is like a ring and that's a connection, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's all up in the air, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I guess from like the, the title kind of art that came out with it, I was like, I could see how that could be Game of thrones but yeah, I'm still not still not convinced that it's got anything to do with that. I think it could definitely be like a high fancy sort of game. I think that's what the rumors mm. and the leaks were certainly suggesting. Um, that would not surprise me. I guess it's kind of the bread and butter of both of the collaborators, I guess, is the dark fantasy, high fantasy makes yeah. you sad to watch it fantasy. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, James, I got a question for you. Um, I've seen a lot of people sort of in the wake of all these leaks, um, uh, and they they happen every year, I suppose, uh, kind of criticizing the reporting of leaks and sort of suggesting that we kind of pay them a no attention and that they don't get published um, so as to kind of keep surprises for the big press conferences and not ruin that element of surprise, I guess, and the the excitement that surrounds it. Uh, what is, is your take on leaks? Do you, do you enjoy reading them in the lead up to E3 or would you prefer to have it all kind of part of the show in E3 week? Uh, I'm like... But I see like both sides of it. Um, mm. Obviously, oh, centrist. I know. <laughs> I was about to say dirty <laughs> centrist. Um, don't, don't like. So I, I obviously, I'm sure you, you guys have seen the Twitter exchange, like say between I think Corey Barlog and um, Jason Schreier. Mm. Um, yeah. And like, I understand people work on things for so long. And, you know, when a leak happens, like it always diverts resources away and then to like try and find who the leaker is and it like kind of creates really bad morale in the office or whatever. But then also that's a bad sign of how the office is run, I guess, too, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, I don't care either way. Um, I do like to be surprised, but also I like, I've never been one to turn down a bit of like gossip. So, (laughs) I don't know, like, I mean... I think that a lot of it... So, like, as an example, like, I was just thinking about Elden Ring. Like, we've literally seen nothing. Like, we know a name and we mm. know, like, we've seen that funny image. 
Mm. Some rings. That's it. Like, so I don't think beyond that, we knew it existed anyway. Yeah, like you know, you know that um, there's like how do I how do I word this? You you know that something's coming, but it's not necessarily knowing that's the thing. It's the experience, I guess, of like watching a trailer or something. Yeah. Um, Kind of like if you spoil a game for yourself, that 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 can happen, but then it's nowhere near as impactful as say just playing the game. And seeing something happen, even though you know it's going to happen, I don't really know how to explain it. What I I'm think feeling. it's it's kind of shares some similarities with like movie and like narrative spoilers, but not quite because I don't know in in real terms, it's like you're spoiling an ad, and really, how angry can I get about that? But at the same time, they sort of design these so meticulously to be like this big grand reveal and like I feel like it might be more impactful if you don't know these things that it's just that like it- it's so hard because there's so many like this is there's so many false equivalences I'm seeing with this like people are saying like oh yeah well you know with the Avengers like they announced the name of it so so many days and like years in advance and stuff but a movie mm. is so different to a game and I think with mm. with games especially um if you show a game off too early, that can actually do more damage than if you just were to show off like what you want to show off of a game. Yeah, um, and, and I, I guess think that the can... game. Oh, so like with the names, like they showed that off so early because they knew that it doesn't give anything away. Like they planned that so that it wouldn't affect the. You know, that was part of their marketing strategy. Whereas here, yeah. like it's not part of what they'd planned, and so it's yeah. That's you're totally right. It's a false equivalency there. But then, like if I. Like as an, like another kind. This is also kind of a false equivalence. But if I'm planning like a surprise party for my friend, and I put so much work into it and stuff, and then somehow you know they find out before I'm ready for it to be found out about, like that would be really deflating and demotivating as well. Um, mm. Which is like not obviously exactly the same, but I just think people especially with games like if something comes out that's wrong and it's incomplete information or whatever that can stick like for ages like people will Mm, keep referring to that for ages and it can really damage i guess the image of a game like people might be like oh the textures on this game look shit or the animations are terrible but then people forget that the footage that we've seen might not have been for public like obviously, mm. like a leak just be like some internal demo to like a, a director or something just to show how things are progressing not like this is our trailer yeah, mm. well, I guess that's a different tangent I've gone off on, though. But in terms of, like, a trailer, <laughs> which has been cut and ready for public consumption anyway, like, say, the Ninja Theory one. Um, yeah. Uh, like, I would have rather seen it, like, on the stage without a big confidential slapped on it and filmed off someone else's screen. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I, that's that's how I feel. I, I, I understand both sides, like, for this kind of stuff. Um mm-hmm. But I just hate that. I also hate that people are like, I can report it if I want to. And it's like, well, of course you're going to because you're making money off doing that. Like, that's the other side of it I kind of am a bit weird about. Like, journalists do make money off putting this shit up. Um, yeah. And, it's, and it is making money off somebody else's work. Mm. Then, I don't know. It's but at the a, same like, time, no, like, yeah, I, did they not report it and kind of keep the sanctity of the kind of marketing that is yeah, the like then, I guess. Like, it's, you're just it's, kind everyone's, of... Everyone's making money from it, you know what I mean? Like, where do you sort of draw the line? It's a, it's it's a like, tough dilemma. Are you really going to be feeling, like, ethically like you've done the wrong thing if, like, a marketing department somewhere doesn't get their dramatic reveal so that people pre-order the game? Like, I, 
yeah. I don't know. There, but then you can kind of counter to that to argument it. by saying, well, it's not all about making money in the marketers and stuff like that. Behind every game, there's a team of passionate game developers that are in it for more than the money. They're about kind mm. of making this art and, and showing that with everyone. And, having and they want to show it in its it. best light. Like, that's yeah. the most important part. As James was saying, like, you don't want to see it with a confidential <laughs> slapped over it or see, like, little bits and pieces that don't, like, necessarily make as much sense in context or mm. as they would in context. It's, Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, well, speaking of um, games not being like movies, let's talk about video game <laughs> movies, because uh, that would have been a really nice segue like five minutes ago when it actually ha- came up in conversation. Um, Brody, uh, in the week, there was some details finally announced about the Uncharted movie. What What's going on? Uh, I believe uh, an, an announced date was released for... Uh December 18th, 2020, I think it is. Yeah. So The Uncharted I, film. I, I don't know if that's yeah. soon or if that's far away. Like, I'm just glad it's happening, but I guess that's like... It's a, it's a year after Star Wars. Let's just think of it that way. Yeah, true. I think yeah. we don't have a Star Wars film confirmed for December next year, right? So, not at this nice. point, no. it's just a, a nice replacement. Um, yeah. And uh, Shannon seemed to think that Tom Holland was only just confirmed during this week, but I, as we've established, he's been, you know, on, on the thing for about two years. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I assume this yeah. means it's entering production like pretty soon, right? Like, yeah, I actually think I think you might have put up an article uh, like two months ago saying that it was going into production. So, oh, right, okay, I think I think it might be in production as a filming officially started. I guess is uh, <clears throat> yeah, I I, I'm not too sure, but it's going to be interesting to see what they do with it. Uh, seeing as they've gone for the younger Drake, yeah, as as we know, which uh, not many people like, but I don't know, I don't mind, I guess. As long as they sort of... Um, I think they're going to have to play fast and loose a little bit with the lore if they mm-hmm. want to bring in certain characters during earlier points and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. um, I think so far all we know is that based on what they said back then, whether the script's been rejigged since then, I'm sure it has, uh, is that it's going to focus on a younger Nathan Drake when he sort of first meets Sully and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think I think we got like a look at that in like Uncharted 3, didn't we? Like when he was uh, robbing yes. the museum and stuff? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So whether they adapt that or sort of take a different route will be interesting to see. But um, yeah, we saw it again in four too, didn't we? Like a flashback to a young Nathan Drake, didn't we? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, with, yeah, with his brother, like with, with, with the, Sam. Uh, yeah, yeah, when they were when they were in the orphanage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, part of the reason I wanted to bring it up as well, uh, Brody, is because you put together a bit of an article sharing some of your recommendations, like the rest some of the cast, some, some for, of my like great Victor. ideas. Uh, I think they are great ideas, and the ones like we uh, we've discussed the film before, and like we could imagine certain Vin role, but you're uh, you came up with some different ideas than I think we discussed at the time. Um, yeah. So who would be your your like three picks for for Victor, as in fe- for fe- Sully, fe- and yeah, well, I guess like your your top pick for each character. Ooh, okay. Well, for Sully, I obviously had uh, Brian Cranston, Sam Elliott, and Robert Downey Jr. in the running, just for the last one, just for a bit of, uh, you know, because they got good chemistry, we know that. I would love to see, like, a grey Robert Downey Jr. That'd be great. Yeah. And just sort of taking, um, yeah, taking that relationship from uh, Spider-Man, if, obviously. That'd be great. If they're going the younger route, then I guess we have to sort of cast a sort of younger Sully, which kind uh-huh. of, I think, I, I think kind of knocks Sam Elliott out of the running because he is 75 almost. Yeah, I was just looking at the um, photo you used and I'm thinking, as much, oh gosh, he looks older as much than as like I, Sully. I reckon he'd be a good Sully <laughs> yeah. like now if it was with like Nathan Fillion. Mm. But um, I think I'd probably give it to Cranston. I feel like Cranston can do anything. So yeah, very true. I'd, pro- I'd probably pay him that one. Uh, with Elena Fisher, I can't really go past, um, I don't know how to say her name, but is it like... Uh, 
Sijuan Ronan or whatever her name is. I don't <laughs> know. Yeah, I, just, well, <laughs> I, I honestly have no idea, but I don't think that's yeah. correct. <laughs> I, I think, I, like, because she's, I reckon she's got the, the best likeness out of uh, probably anyone working today. Mm. Um, she was actually recommended uh, on Twitter by Matt Tilby, who uh, yes. does good work. Um, and she's obviously very good because she's already won an Academy Award for Ladybird. So I mm. think I'd have to pick her. And this is where it gets a bit weird with my uh, my picks for Sam Drake. Because, again, going to yeah. be a bit younger. The, I've got, like, the dude from Riverdale. I've got Drake from Drake and Josh. <laughs> That's and, my favorite recommendation, wow. by the way. <laughs> and, and and Jamie Bell, just because he looks like an older Tom Holland a little bit. Yeah. Um, I honestly, I, I'm fully backed behind, like, Drake Bell. I reckon. Yeah, I reckon. He's got, the, he's got the look. It's crazy enough to work. I'm in for it. And like I said, if 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 Robert Pattinson got like slammed for it being cast as Batman, imagine what would happen if Drake Bell got cast as Sam Drake. If I'm not mistaken, as well, that like Drake Bell's not done an awful lot since being on Drake oh, and Josh. No, I think and he's just shredded now. Why I think would you need to do anything? After I think he's Drake a musician. I think he releases music. Um, oh, does he? But in terms of like an acting sense, like yeah, he's not, I don't think he's done an awful lot. So if it was kind of a comeback for him, I reckon that would. I'm just all for anything that drums it's up excitement l- for this. Like I really yeah. want people to go to the cinema and see this film. So I love that Tom Holland's attached to it because he's obviously such a big name star at the moment. Brian Cranston would be fantastic too because um, he brings I in think, that um, acting clown. And how do we pronounce her name, James? How do you do you know I how to? It was like Shawshay. Shawshay. Uh, it's CSA? Like a, it's got... Sichuan. I'm not saying it now. It's definitely not a Sichuan. That's like a type of pepper. So. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if Matthew, McConaughey, if Matthew McConaughey can have the McConaissance and have yeah. his big comeback with Interstellar, there's no reason Drake Bell can't that's, do it. That's exactly what I want. I, I believe it. in Drake Bell. Something else I love the sound of is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Um, starting to weigh into more recent E3 new now, news now, I guess. Um, EA Play happened today. Um, let's pause there for a moment. J- uh, James, what were your thoughts on EA Play, how they handled their announcements this year? It was... F- f- shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's such a dud. I don't know. Like, Obviously, Star Wars is great, but everything else was just so like... Oh, okay. Like, it's, nothing- pre- it's pretty much everything that EA would usually bring to E3, but it's like they haven't bothered to bring it to E3, but they've sort of still done that. They didn't like, bring just- it, if that's what, like, if that's what yeah. you like. Um. Like, the thing I'd be more excited for is the three, like, EA originals they announced, but they didn't even, like, do that. They did that after the EA play. Yeah. Such a strange publisher. Like, I just don't understand them. I like, fi- for someone who... Just- I just don't give a shit about sports that much, so, like... EA really doesn't. Well, I think that was the why they took the approach that they did, right? Like t- traditionally, the EA conference has got such a variety of games in there, much in the way that I suppose Ubisoft does too. That does, I think no. they were like, "Hey, let's let's kind of break this up a little bit and kind of give everything it's like twenty minutes or more, and allow people to sort of tune in for those times and sort of tune out as." as they sort of see fit like i think it was pretty well sort of structured in that regard like okay you know our fifa stuff is coming up at this sort of time like if you only really care about fifa come back then in the meantime we're going to be talking about apex legends or the same all i can say is i'm i'm glad i forgot it was on (laughs) um what are you going to say james i cut you off there no i just i just completely disagree when you say that ea normally has like a big variety and stuff in their conferences it's literally the same shit every year no but like, i mean yeah sorry i mean but, but, but like within the, the conference within it's a the variety conference, of yeah, things yeah oh, like, okay there's okay you you have 
eat like sports games alongside you get variety like, every indie games <laughs> alongside sims alongside need for speed like you have car games and shooter games and sports games and like just a real mm. big variety it's not like a PlayStation conference when they're all third-person over-the-shoulder action adventures. Like, <laughs> if you like the want. kind of game, <laughs> you, you can just sit through the whole hour and a half, no problem. But EA, it's a bit like, oh, well, I, I don't give two hoots about Yanni or whatever. No offense to Yanni. Um, oh, am I confusing like, Ubisoft <laughs> art games with the originals now? I'm not no, sure. No, no I got that right? Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, anyhow, the the big sort of tentpole like announcement for EA Play was of course Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. I shouldn't say announcement, gameplay reveal. Um, it was obviously uh, announced last year at E3. They gave the title, and then at Star Wars Celebration this year, um, they detailed the sort of story and everything that took place. Um, Stephen, you caught up on the gameplay trailer uh, not long ago. What were your thoughts of the, I, the gameplay? Gosh, it looks pretty. It's a uh... Yeah, I I just sort of as they there was a part where they sort of walked over a cliff and you could start to see like a factory base prison thingy. Um, gosh, it looked yeah quite incredible and kind of it's similar to the Battlefront games. Those games were always extremely pretty and they sounded so Star Wars, but this kind of looks like that it's got that same that same element, that same factor, but in a kind of game that I think will have a bit more. Uh, longevity with me I guess like I enjoy the, the Battlefront games but I think this is going to be based on the gameplay that they showed off like the whole you know deflecting blaster shots like freezing blaster shots in stasis like Kylo Ren it's like oh and there was the part where they froze the um froze the blaster blaster bolt and pulled a guy to it and like moved him into the blaster bolt so that he died it was yeah it, they're just it was looked like so much fun. I thought like I saw they, one bit as well, like with the flamethrower, where he like turned the gun back on the stormtrooper and like set himself on fire. Oh, I don't know. If I, I was like, I need to go back like with a fine comb and really pick everything up. But yeah. they were certainly doing some really cool things with the force powers that I totally. can one hundred percent get behind. Um, Brody, what were what were your thoughts on the gameplay trailer? Was it enough to get get you excited for the game? Yeah, I mean, I am a big fan of Respawn and most of anything they do. So mm-hmm. far, they haven't done much, obviously, we know. But um, I think this looks really cool. Like, it looks really cinematic, which is what I want from a Star Wars game, no matter, yeah. like, how much they try to make just multiplayer-only games happen. Um, I love how smooth its transitions were. Like, it, they were showing off the sort of seamless transition from kind of cutscene in quotation yeah. marks, but uh, from, from gameplay and back and forth. Much in the way that something like God of War did, or I just kind of think that's like the gold standard, what everyone should be aiming for. Yeah, now. so it, it's, it's really pretty. It looks like it plays fun enough. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, how fun that gameplay is going to be for, like, 20 hours, if it's that long, but... um. Like, I assume, obviously, you'll unlock more Jedi powers and stuff like that to keep mixing it up and all that sort of business, but um, it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. James, yeah, that's... it's attracted some sort of criticism um, for maybe not appearing kind of challenging enough. I think there were a lot of people that hoping that this was going to have kind of Souls-like combat. Um, do you think that's fair criticism based on what we've seen so far? Yeah, I was going to say I'm not 100% convinced yet. Um, I really liked what I heard. Like, I thought the sound design, just while you're even, like, slow walking through the the game and the demo, sorry, amazing, super great, like, Star Wars feel. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, But but I the gameplay, like, looked good, but I also thought it looked a little bit flat. Um, It reminded me a lot 
like when you're at the end of a Far Cry game and you've unlocked all the abilities and stuff and nothing's really a challenge anymore. You kind of become mm. like invincible. Mm. Um, and I guess that's always going to be a problem like when you're, you've literally got like the force and a lightsaber. Like how do yeah. you kind of make it difficult? It's like the but Superman then problem. Other games have done it uh, before with Star Wars. So yeah, I think it, it was always like, sorry. no, uh, it was just almost like a flat, a flatter version of the force unleashed. Ooh, to me, that's Ooh. that's. Uh, I don't know if you meant that to something. be a harsh criticism, but it certainly <laughs> felt like it. <laughs> um, but I am still super optimistic about it, and um, yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm I, I too see, am super optimistic about it. Yeah, I am, but um, I just, I don't know. I just there's something wrong. I can't put my finger on it. Like it's just there's something missing. I yeah, what it is. I, th- I mean, I think if it weren't a Star Wars game, there would be considerably less excitement for this. I th- I think that's probably fair to say. Um, but the fact that it's kind of got the because it is like force powers and it's not some other like telekinesis or something like we're that kind of makes it more exciting because it's a lightsaber, not a sword. That again makes it more exciting. Um, but I think with the combat for me, it certainly felt grounded within the world of Star Wars, if that makes sense. Like, they were putting down every Stormtrooper with a single hit of a lightsaber, which is kind of what you'd expect, right? Like, a Stormtrooper isn't going to take multiple hits of a lightsaber to go down. Whereas the big kind of scaraby beetly things um, and the like, you know, took a bit more of a hit unless you could kind of time, like... uh, It looked like it sort of had some sort of power system, like maybe if you time that, you get a quick finisher or something. Um, And even with the sort of shock trooper kind of mini-boss they come across too, um, they seem to sort of be deflecting a lot of the lightsaber hits and it only really kind of defeated them as soon as those hits landed. And I think they could play around with challenging combat mechanics... Um, a lot in in that sort of sense, um, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited for it. it. I got the kind of vibes I'd hoped to get from it. Like, I it seemed reminiscent of um, an Uncharted game in the way that they were sort of scl- like clambering over structures and stuff like that. Um, I love that shot when they're kind of moving through the cracks, which is this this loading kind of mechanic that we were complaining about not long ago. But moving through the crack and like the droid kind of bouncing over them and the camera like following the droid briefly and stuff like that. I thought that was really cool. Um, and I it love that felt very droid, Star Wars esque. Yeah. So I'm I'm still tremendously excited for it i just don't know how much of like the excitement i can really put down to the actual gameplay itself and not the fact that it's just a star wars game um but no doubt we'll uh we'll see some more soon hopefully we get the chance to play it at some point in the future as well or november you will or november so. yeah maybe we're, maybe we're not gonna get them should play it before <laughs> that, but november will come sooner rather than later i'm sure um brody it is time for What the Wiki, which is the Starcast game show where last week's winner reads a description of an unknown video game and the others must try to guess the correct game. Uh, the first to guess two games wins. Um, Brody as the winner last week. Uh, you are the, the host for What the Wiki this week uh, and yep. have some games prepared for us, I believe. I do. I have a few. I've got a... Yeah. Let's uh, see how we go. Do we need a recap uh, of where we're all at? Brody's... Uh, sorry, Stephen's not been on for a while. How far behind am I? <laughs> yeah, uh, you're not doing too badly. Um, so, uh, uh, last week Brody and I played, it was uh, 
it went to a tiebreaker, which is rare for a contest with you, and um, in which Brody <laughs> managed to win the point uh, and step it slightly closer to James. That uh, recap comes the way of a friend of the show and the official what the wiki keeper of the score, Jamie Penning, over on Twitter. Um, so the current standings: uh, James are on five points, Brody's on four, so just a point behind. Stephen, you're two behind. They're on two points, and myself and Shannon are bringing up the rear on a point each. Um, so an opportunity for James to extend his league or lead or Stephen and I to narrow it slightly. All right, we ready? Yeah, I think we're ready. All yours, Brody, take it away. As per usual, uh, I can never remember his official title, but the, uh, our keeper of the score, Jamie Penning, has uh, forwarded me uh, the first game of the week, as he usually does, so we thank him for that. Of course, if you want to uh, get involved, just message the winner of this. All right, so first up we have, and I'm going to want the full title for this. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> the game is a Japanese role-playing game developed and released by Atlas for the PlayStation in 1999. <laughs> it is the second entry in its series. The game was re-released in 2011 for the PlayStation Portable. Mm, the player um, takes control... What was that? No, that wasn't a guess. I just, <laughs> I'm trying to rack... I know what it is, but I don't know the full title yet. Um, the, uh, the player takes control of a group of high school students as they explore yeah, the fictional okay. city of Sumeru. <laughs> The camera follows the party from an adjustable angled overhead perspective. The city in general is navigated using an overworld map, and the main party holds up to five characters. That's all I had written, because I honestly thought Steve would get it by now. Stephen. Stephen. (laughs) Yeah. Is it it Persona 2 Innocent Sin? That is exactly what it is, Stephen. Well done, Stephen. Well done. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, that was weird. I knew that that was Persona 2, but I just didn't have any clue what the continuation of the title was and again thank you jamie because <laughs> yeah. they're always so so good so entertaining all right <clears throat> all right coming up second all right here we go uh, so obviously if steven gets uh the next point he wins but uh i got a feeling this is going to go to like a you know mega tiebreaker so let's just Ooh. do this all right. all right the game is a side-scrolling beat-em-up arcade video game released in 1989 by sega for the system 16b arcade hardware Progress is made through the game by fighting through Death Adder's henchmen, including men... Stephen. Golden Axe? It is Golden Axe. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) Why did I waste my time coming up with four (laughs) games? That was the most boring round I've ever played. (laughs) You didn't say anything, James. Cleaned up. (laughs) Damn. I'm back. What is Golden Axe? What What is Golden Axe? No, I've... (laughs) It's an arcade game, bro. It's in the news because it's coming out on the little oh. mini mega system. Oh, oh, Master Drive, whatever it is. You have Master just, Drive. You know what? Master Drive mega system. You've yeah, just explained the uh, the eight bit burger to me now. There is a burger themed around Golden Axe. There's one yeah. 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 altered altered beast as well. Did you know that? Nah. It, is Golden Axe the one where you play as like <laughs> the barbarian and like the little dwarf? Let's be real. Yeah. Even if I was alive back then, I probably wouldn't have been. Oh, maybe I would have been a Sega kid actually. Golden that's Axe a is topic badass, for another dude. day. <laughs> I have uh, well, friends who are Sega kids. With that, let's bring an end to what was episode 178 of the Starcast. Subscribe to us on the podcast service of your choice. Follow us at press.au. Join the conversation with hashtag the Starcast and visit the site, of course, at press.com.au. We've been joined today by James. Hi, I'm on Twitter at James, A-T-J-M-Z. Thanks. We've also <laughs> been joined today by Brody. Thanks. Uh, you can follow me on most things at Brody underscore DG. And I'm sorry for what the wiki this week, guys. Uh, uh, Stephen doesn't mind. Don't apologize. It was yeah. lovely. I feel like I feel like James is really angry at me. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're very disappointed. Two, I can hear two it. Two Sega games on an episode that Stephen's on. 
Oh, it's fine. <laughs> I'm fine. It's all good. There won't there won't be a royal commission into this. <laughs> uh, we've also been joined today and taken home the points was Stephen. Yeah, uh, you can follow me on all the things at Stephen Impson. Um, on Instagram, I have lots of nice photos of LA. That's something to look at. So it was LA that you were at for uh, yes, or yeah, Santa okay. Monica technically, but yeah, close LA. Nice. Did you get too much to, like opportunity to explore the rest of the city whilst you were there? I did. I um, yeah, spent time walking like along Venice Beach, and it was literally like GTA Five. <laughs> like it was eerily similar. It was so cool, and yeah, just it was very cool. I loved it there. That's awesome. Um, and I've been your host, Ewan Roxburgh. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Ewan underscore Roxburgh. Um, don't forget to keep up to tower with all the E3 announcements at our E3 hub over at the website. Uh, and we'll be back next week with like a full podcast dedicated to all the announcements at E3. It's sure to be a big one. Um, but until then, happy gaming. See ya. Have a great life. Yeah.